seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You have 60 seconds to comply. This is minute 12. Part man. Part machine. Or pod. This minute begins with Dick saying, do what he says, Mr. Kenny. Or it's more like what he says. And ends with the old man looking thoroughly disappointed. (laughs) He has that parent look. It's just like, oh, Dick. He's not pissed off at the ruined carpet. He's just like, you disappoint me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And we are once again joined by Luke Milton of the Dungeons and Drongos podcast. I got it right? Uh, yeah. Well, my reputation precedes me. <laughs> <laughs> you sound thrilled to be here. <laughs> I am, you guys. Robocop. Pew, pew, pew. He's yeah. half robot, half cop. Yeah. All cock. His mother was a robot. His father was a cop. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. You've watched this movie. Yeah. I did bring up in a previous minute, there is a thing called teledildotics where people can actually fuck machines, but that's beside the point. I already told you about the Transformers erotica. (laughs) Yes, we know (laughs) these things happen. Oh shit, what are we going to do now? If you, if you guys want to want thrill, look up um, videos of dragons having sex with cars. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that is... some of those, they're funny. Truly, more than meets the eye. <laughs> you know, what freaked me out is when the Transformers logo spin became halfway through one of those videos. It's just a bit off-putting. Oh. Uh... <laughs> and on that crappy transition, uh, yeah, this is... Um... Da-na-na-na-na. Yeah, now we've actually moved into the scene. I have been doing that in my head where I sing, Who gives a fuck? <laughs> and that's how I just move from one task in my life to the next. So, <laughs> let's just face it. This entire minute could be uh, condensed down to one phrase. Oh my god, they kill Kenny. You bastards. Yes, yes we've been waiting, we've been waiting. Oh my god, <laughs> you killed Kenny. Now we got out of a system. I just feel like, yeah, we could wrap it up. So, subscribe. Oh, Patreon, excellent. Yeah, that's it. it. Yeah, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so we've we've established that um, Luke and myself saw this well, not necessarily as the youngest of children, but definitely younger than we should have. I, this is one of those scenes where just yeah, it kind of s- just cements itself in your brain, and you either kind of look away in disgust or kind of just go, "Whoa, that's the fucking gnarliest shit I've seen." It's so over the top. It's just unrelenting. Yes. In uh, especially audio design. I, I I believe I rubbed my young eyes and said, "Whoa, dude, cowabunga!" That's <laughs> just radical. Well, it was the late '80s, you know. This is this is yeah. the year of Bill and Ted and uh, the surfer culture, and you know we're all in our board shorts. Do you think there is symbolism of Kinney? Dying on top of the uh, the little miniature uh, diorama thing. Yes, there is symbolism in this. I brought it up in previous minutes. There was the second AD named Monty Hellman. He actually directed this scene. This is not directed by Paul Verhoeven. I've not got uh, any proof of this, but I, that's why I believe he also directed the end scene with uh, the confrontation between Robocop and Dick Jones, because that would have shot all this in the bracket. Probably shot all the OCP stuff with the damaged Robocop suit and all that at the same time. However, uh, Hellman actually set up this shot. So, yeah, when the uh, the scene, you know, he would have like, landed on the thing. It would be a very symbolic thing to Delta City. And there apparently was a shot missing where when everyone cleared out of the boardroom, which would be in the next minute. But fuck, I'm talking about now. 
Kenny would still be there, and it would just linger, and you just see all this blood dripping down from the Delta City model. Yeah, I felt like that's what it needed, like a, an overhead shot looking down at him, and in that sort of... It was shot. It got cut. Ah, that would have been great. But beyond that, isn't it just this great economic bit of design because you you know you're in a pretty sparse boardroom here it's Mm. windows on one side tvs on the other side but Mm. by having that city model Mm. we bridge the gap and imagine that we're high up in a building with that city out the window yeah yeah so you know they get they get all of that just with this little model in the corner Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, was a real location, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a real scene in a real office building. I think they were... In the movie, they're 40 stories up, but I think only in the movie they're about less than 10. So the skyline was real. Yeah, so everything out the windows, is that really there? Or... Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've been looking closely and it looks like the light or the sun is in a consistent spot throughout... Mm. But, uh, except the shots with the old man, sometimes that looks like it's closer to sunset. Well, that's just production, you know, they shoot... If you've got a good production manager and a good shot list, you shoot all your setups in one shot, then you move to the next, move to the next, move to the next, and pickups will typically be done last. Uh, mm. and, you know, especially if they're, like, chasing light, if, you know, you've got scene of an old man in the boardroom you're probably not worrying about too much about the background lights you're worrying too much about you know the fill-in light and the um the spotlighting the backlighting and stuff like that mm. but uh these are great tips because i'm just about to go and make my own robocop exactly yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> we could probably do it better than than the remake this is what several years Definitely. of university will get you lighting so, do you think there was a way for Kinney to have survived this? Because the <laughs> ED-209 does not shoot when he's using human shields. When he is amongst a crowd, it's it's sort of looking, it's watching, it's looking for an opportunity, but it's not firing. Oh, so, I'm he, wondering if... He needed to attach himself to Dick. Yeah, exactly. Like an anglerfish. I love how people are pushing him out of the way. <laughs> or really, he should have just been in ED-209's blind spot. Which is between his legs. Yes! yes! He should have just crawled underneath there. Well, that's the funny thing. You look at the two gun placements. There's no way that from that distance, like, they would have been able to triangulate him. But that's a conceit. We don't care. But, of course, would the movie have been better if Kenny had survived? No. 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 It's just a fun hypothetical. Kenny needed to die so that Robocop could live. Yes. Kenny died for he, our sins. He died for our sins. <laughs> And that's uh, yeah, that's like, how could Kenny survive? He's easy. They turn him into Robocop. But then we would just have Robo OCP board executive. Yeah, that would that would suck. I'd probably watch that. Um, so when Ed powers down, is that a Star Wars sound? It sounds like the hyperdrive shutting down, doesn't it? Yeah. Was it, but wasn't that the sound effect in Empire Strikes Back? I know. Is is Ben Burt on this movie? No, but Irvin Kirshner did direct uh, Robocop 2. Yeah. So, so, so you think he, like, he took some files home with him? Some sound files? <laughs> I, even though he didn't get to direct a movie until the next one. Uh, I, you know what it is? It's probably just a sound library. You know, actually, I'm going to look that up now, because I do have the the uh, IMD paid up, and I want to see who the sound is done by. Yeah. Yeah. May as well. Well, while you do that, I want to talk about... Um, like, last minute, we talked about uh, just the... Uh, this is where it's weird because they're all frightened of these big guns in Ed 209, but at the same time, they have the most casual, uh, 
uh, reaction to potential gun violence in the sense that Dick Jones pulls out this huge desert eagle. Oh yeah, well it's America, that's just how that works, right? And starts waving it around. But you notice when Kenny throws it, it like hits, he throws at this gun and it hits the ground pointing directly at Dick Jones. Sorry, um, I just looked in, I'm just looking at the special effects because I was just reading through the um, sound of I can't see Ben Bird, but special effects, credit, uncredited, Jamie Heineman of Mythbusters. Oh. <laughs> Good thing we looked that up. Small world. Holy shit, I never would have looked at that. Um, no, I completely agree. Because here's the thing is, they're probably going, there's no bullets in that gun. Why would anyone have a loaded gun in an office building? They're probably thinking the same thing about a 209 to a certain degree, and then probably when it's like, oh no, this robot is set to murder. So I'm still thinking about how the gun landed. Do you think they did more than one take, or was it just a lucky coincidence, or were they going for that? I'd love to know. Oh, I think it's just a coincidence. I just think that's how it landed, but I think it's so funny because if it was loaded, it could have shot Dick Jones <laughs> in the dick. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's a special. Maybe it's a cut scene. We have the the because there is apparently an MPAA uncut version of this floating around somewhere. I think it's just the the dick getting shot in the dick cut that took it over the edge. Mm, yeah, just that one step too far. <laughs> and everyone's response to seeing this dude get straight up murdered, I think, is pretty calm. All things. Somebody calls for a magic. I think it might be Don Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, Don Johnson, he starts calling 911, and he's like, don't touch the body. Why? He's already <laughs> he dead, Jim. He ain't, he's not coming back. Well, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's, he was completely alive, except for that last bullet wound that went through him. Yeah, just one, he just needed one more to the head, and that would have that would have been the end of him. He's fine right now. Considering how fucked up Murphy gets, like, a few minutes later, and survived long enough to be put into a robot body... Yeah, maybe Kenny could have survived because his head is intact, as far as I can recall. Oh, but he'd be a dipshit Robocop, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that, though. Just a really shit Robocop. Robo Kenny. Oh, jeez, Dick, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, you've seen it, 2014, Robot man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, actually. We know what a shit Robocop looks like. Uh, I love that the scientists, they're all trying, like, they're opening up the little control panel and say, yeah. oh, fuck, we'll just pull the plug. This thing's not plugged into anything. How do they think that they're going to stop it? I guess that's what a, the, the whole point is like, you know, this thing is supposed to be running autonomously, and obviously that technically is working, just not with the intended consequence. Last time we talked about the uh, crow statue, which sort of hovers over the old man as he, like a hawk, watches everything. The other statue keeps popping up looks like um a scythe almost yeah i don't uh, call that an uh, omen of death oh yeah mm. true 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 and where they're positioned in the room that makes a lot of sense too where all the actions happen respectively <laughs> so i just uh, i was just opening up a note on um ed 209 and um one guy drinks takes a sip of water i just noticed that in the last few seconds after Kinney's killed, he runs over and looks at Kinney. And he's like, you know what? I'm dusty. <laughs> I love how the reaction for Dick Jones and the old man is simply, ah, fuck, we failed at the project. No, we, didn't, we don't care about the human life. And I'd, I'd even have it has to say, even Bob Morton does not give a fuck. He just sees this as an opportunity to get in with the old man. Like, yeah. hey, this guy fucked up. Give me a chance. The, the, the old points of Air 209 is supposed to be urban... Pas, pas, one of those words I can never pronounce. Pacification. 
thank you. And as this wiki loves to point out, it can't even climb stairs. <laughs> so efficient. So worth the money. I love it. 209 is so absurd. A tank can't t- climb stairs. A small enough tank could. It's got treads. Not with that attitude. <laughs> he just bulldozes into the house. Yeah, Daleks can't climb stairs. You notice I'm I'm standing through the clip now. And if you mm. go to like 46 seconds, um, there's this old lady in the corner. She's on the left of uh, the oh, old yeah. man. And she like stands up and she like reels down. Her head nearly hits the desk. I don't think she knew what movie she was in. she like heads off into the corner like she's gonna vomit i I think like she was totally surprised by all this yeah they actually she thinks they've actually shot a man to death i I think she's like the old man's real life wife and was just (laughs) visiting him on set oh do you want to be in this scene what the fuck (laughs) movie magic ah so many squibs yeah, I was, I just I was just looking at that uh, as well, and the old the, the the girl next to Bob Morton clutch going for the oh my god the clutch in the arms yeah stereotype taking think... opportunity obviously she loves a little bit of Bob Morton wants a bit more oh, of that God, that Johnson's under the desk yeah that's the thing uh, Johnson gets more of a character in the second movie but it's it's good to see the uh, genesis of that in this one Johnson origins yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get him in the uh, Dick Jones prequel movie. The old man's got a big fat ashtray in front of yeah. him too. Yeah, like that's oh. almost like a bedpan. <laughs> it's funny when you mention it. There's hardly any for, for an '80s film. There's hardly any smoking in it. Um, True. I know. Um, what's his face? Uh, squishy guy gets smokes at the petrol station, and that becomes a. Yeah, <laughs> a huge explosion later. Ah, yes, pre-Melty Man. You think of so many of these cop, especially cop films of the era, like you know, everyone's smoking and it's hard grizzled and no, nah, no, nah, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually surprised, and I I didn't notice until now, but yeah, that's uh, unusual. I mean, look at Ghostbusters; that's got all the smoking. Yeah, they actually had to cut it out for Ghostbusters too because they wanted to make it more kid friendly. They, they basically wanted to make a live action version of the real Ghostbusters. And that's why Dan Aykroyd, in yeah, was, he insisted on having a cigar, but he couldn't smoke a cigarette. Also, ironically enough, that's the reason why they Ernie Hudson had to shave off his mustache. Huh. Shame. Yeah. He looks weird without it. Why? Because how does that make him more kid friendly? Oh, because he looks like his character in the animated. Yes. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm not joking. The producers basically said, "You've got to shave your mustache because you have to look like your cartoon version of you." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Harold Ramis, you need to. Bleach blonde your hair and yes. grow the biggest <laughs> rat's tail. Yeah! And then then the front of your hair, I want you to just coil that up into a big <laughs> old burrito. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Fucking> hell. <laughs> um, so I love AI. I love trying to think about you know the logic of AI in movies. And I'd love to know what went wrong with Ed 209 specifically here. You know... Did it just decide, oh, well, this person was using a gun, but even though they've put down that weapon, they could still be dangerous? Or, like, is it making its own decisions here? Has it become conscious already? I would just imagine it was literally, you know, corporate 
budgetary constraints that they were about to put the patch release of you know gun you know persons disarmed therefore don't kill them and then we're just like no we'll do yeah. that in the next patch release can i can i suggest something go yeah. ahead he doesn't he doesn't have eyes yes <sighs> obviously <laughs> he, he doesn't he has no way of knowing that the guy's thrown the gun down yeah I love the idea of the the engineers being like, okay, now, Mr. Jones, whatever you do, do not (laughs) point any kind of weapon at Ed 209. We are not ready yet. We have not done that patch. Just please, just, you can bring it out. It can walk around. It's fine. And what does he do? Yeah, brings out the gun. And you know Dick's just there going, so what have you loaded up in the guns? Well, nothing, sir. This is, you know, this is, you know, a demonstration. This is a test platform. No, no, you've got to put live rounds in there. But, but why? I know I'm the boss. You put fucking live rounds in there. It's not like he's going to yep. shoot anyone. I can absolutely see that going down. <laughs> and as well, there's no like. It's not just that he's this new thing that they can use, but surely it's suddenly a whole new way of policing. Like in the sense mm-hmm. that we're just gonna from now on, we're gonna make our job easier. We give everyone twenty seconds, <laughs> then we just murder them. Yeah. yeah, it's very efficient. That sounds like American corporate uh, mentality. And hell, that sounds like Monday corporate mentality as well. Is there occupational health and safety in the future? Well, it's it's Judge Dredd, essentially, suddenly. Yeah. Uh, this movie was inspired by Judge Dredd. So the connection ah. makes a lot of sense. I'm sure IDW or Dark Horse, whoever the hell it is that has the license now, they've put those two together. What, for Robocop? Yeah, Robocop and Judge Dredd. I'm sure there's a... I'm sure there's a comic... Yeah. I don't, I've not heard of a new Robocop comic in a while. Um, but Dark Horse used to have it. I don't know if it and of course, Judge Dredd is 2000 AD. Uh, but I would, love to, I would love to see that crossover. Oh, man. We, we need to write the Judge Dredd Robocop crossover. It doesn't exist. That's another fan fiction for my list, I guess. It has not happened officially, but there's a lot of fan-made stuff. Because I think Robocop vs. Terminator is the only crossover I can think of. Unless someone can correct me on that. Oh, with Robocop? Yeah, there's Robocop versus Terminator. That's crazy how big that thing was for a time, because there was like the there was the comic books, there was the video games. Uh, they were talking about doing a movie about it at one point. Looking back, it's like, wow, I'm kind of glad they didn't, because this is just chock full of just Frank Miller craziness. Hmm. I kind of wish I lived in the universe that I could see, so I could see and go, wow, that was probably a bad idea. I've seen some. I'm seeing some fan art here, but I'm not sure if Judge Dredd and Robocop are fighting or fucking. It could go either way. <laughs> Thank you, DeviantArt. The the long hard just uh nah, the long hard arm of the nah fuck it. I'm yeah, tired. yeah, I know what you mean. I know. <laughs> we keep devolving into Rule Thirty Four. Why do I make this podcast so dirty? It's me every single time. I I'm sorry. No, it, it's the internet. It's the internet. It's the issue. Yeah, I'm going to blame that. Because, you know... Every single time I go, did they make a crossover between Robocop and Nick's? Like, oh, yes, they did. It's called Rule 34. I'm very well behaved on my own podcasts. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I, I... Let, let's face it, boys and girls. If I wanted to cut it out, it, we wouldn't, you wouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> I add the spice. I add the spicy meatball. You know, <laughs> the meatball. I don't want to know about the robotic lubricant. Mm. Mm. Don't you though? Uh, so what, what's the show about? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I was going to say the audio commentary. Uh, 
Ed Newmeyer actually talks about how because we are we are having a laugh. He actually talks about when he was him and Michael Miner were working on this. Every single time you tell people the title Robocop, they laughed in their faces and they were a little bit embarrassed about this until they got the movie made and then all of a sudden Robocop being the title of the movie became part of the joke and yeah. it actually aided people in watching this movie. I think I think the subversiveness of that is actually one of the charms of this film. Yeah, because you do go in thinking, oh, this is going to be dumb as shit, and you're like, this is actually really smart. Yeah. I think nowadays we probably... We just let anything go. It's fine. Robocop, the movie, sure. I'll watch that. I just, Anything goes now. Kung Fu Panda? What? Exactly. A talking dog? I think they've made a few of those movies now, talking dogs. Oh, Jesus. Was it cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot. There's this trend in Hollywood. Uh, there's been well, it's definitely the, the DreamWorks method, which is essentially a crazy title, crazy location, and you use it get greenlit. Yeah. And there's a lot of like DreamWorks spec scripts that didn't exist. Hotel Transylvania. There you go. Yeah. That's Sony, but you know what I mean. It's amazing how sometimes these movies can just be made just from like, I'm just telling you the most weirdest fucking thing ever. Then again, we also live in the universe that has snakes on a plane. I'm trying to think of other movies with weird titles from the 80s, but no, oh. they're all pretty tame. Uh... I, I don't know, because you, you see, you have a lot of schlock in the 80s. You've got a lot of like direct-to-video kind of movies. Like you, This is the era of... Um, you know, the horror, the slasher horror genres where, you know, you have Chopping Mall and uh, all the other... Oh, true, yeah, those sort of ones. But those are the basically what you see on the tin. They are that schlocky bullshit. Yeah, and so I, I was just watching a video last night about uh, different Robocop uh, knockoffs, and they all, like, have, like, you know, Robot this, Robot Samurai, or Robot this, or Robot that, or Robot... And they're all lampooning Robocop in the title, but never in the actual message. They're all shites. There is some, that, that fascinates me, how when people make uh, knockoffs, or sometimes like they're, they are trying to homage us a particular film, making fan works, fan fiction, mm. whatever, and especially when it's coming from a place where someone is genuinely invested in the source material... Mm. But then they don't seem to understand what made it good in the first place. That Zack boggles my mind. Yeah, like, how can you claim to love this character and yet understand absolutely nothing about that character? Well, there is always, to a certain degree, some surface-level uh, interpretations to a character. Like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. I'll say it. Rorschach, mm, oh, yeah. on the very surface level, is, is technically a cool character. If you just look at him as this hard-ass vigilante, but then you miss all the nuance that he's actually a really terrible person, and then you make your assumption based on the surface level, you're not working on what is hidden underneath. Yeah, I don't know. Like, are some people just not? Oh, I mean, I guess I, for my own mother it only has the surface level reading of a thing. It's not yeah. about the commentary and the. The, the message underneath that image. It's just, yeah. well, but that's what they told me to think about this particular character, so I'm going with it. I think people's comprehension skills in general are pretty poor. Yeah. Probably. That's why we do these movie-by-minute podcasts, explain these things <laughs> to the nth degree. Let's face it, a lot of media is 
popcorn media. It's, it's just meant mm. to be enjoyed. It's not meant to be dissected. There's no deeper meanings for all that stuff. It's... No, let me show you my Ayn Randian <laughs> interpretation of Iron Man 2. Uh, I'll, I'll see your Ayn Randian interpretation of Iron Man 2 and I'll just say Man of Steel. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, Iron... Man. Iron Radiant Man. <laughs> Iron Rand, yeah, yeah. How the fuck do you do that? It's in there. It's in there somewhere. We can do it. That would be amazing. Iron Rand builds robot suit and just starts going after all her critics. Yeah. I want to see that movie now. Oh, Zack Snyder, get on that. You know you want to make, right, you want to make the Fountainhead. You'd be wanting to make the Fountainhead for years. Do it. He's basically, yeah. Yeah, just let him do it. Be, and yes, make it part of the DCEU. Yes, because, hey, we can't sink any lower at this point. <laughs> I do wish we did more just absolutely fucking bonkers movies. Just go yeah. for it. Like the uh, Men in Black uh, 21 Jump Street crossover that they wanted to do for a little while there. That should have happened. Yes! I do enjoy the, the latest Men in Black movie. But yeah, it's just, again... It's it, just, that could have been 21 Jump Street as well. Mm. That could have been so much more. Could have been so much more, man. I think it's one of those things where, like, the only the crazy stuff only now seems to be get done on like things like Netflix. You know, where they just go, yeah. we're just going to have this bonkers concept. And, like, I, I've brought this up in previous minutes. Like, the old thing is, like, Hollywood are interested in either making half a billion dollar movies or five million dollar movies. They don't really care about... Care. I think it's just what the market is. That's the that's the market. Yeah. You can take more risks on TV because you yeah. you can create those niches. But um, you know, mm. you look at yeah. all the um, blockbusters and the sort of movies that made the most money over the, and they tend to be things that are skewed mm. towards children or young. You know, all the like DreamWorks yeah. and stuff. And Pixar and everything, yeah. or the superheroes of things. That's why, you know, you don't get a big budget Robocop remake in 2014 that's a hard R. They just, it's not going to yeah. um, find an audience. Or not not the sort of audience that justifies the cost, is, is what I mean. Yeah, because I'm thinking about things like Mr. Robot, Stranger Things. I mean, those do have their audiences and they are successful. But they gain their audiences from obscurity. Which is the point. They would never have worked, I think, as a feature film quite in the no. same way. But no. it also has to be... Anything that makes a lot of money and costs a lot of money has to be broad. I mean, people... Yeah. You can make fun of things like Avatar and how <laughs> unmemorable it is and some of the cliches and things running through it, but it's a story that will work in any culture, yeah. any screen. And that's why... Um, movies like Garfield and stuff do well because you can go into countries where somebody doesn't speak English and they can still get something out of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I I support and I love my popcorn movies. I, I, I will love trash. I I have no issues with that. I just said... I, my thing is sometimes like I miss that era like... The, the 80s was an era where they were just experimenting with new things. Like we... That's it. 80s movies are the best movies. But it's not them not but it's not them not necessarily like wanting to do it. No. It's the fact that the especially now the market is so loud and obnoxious about everything yeah. 
Like, look at the idea of, um, you know, go the Ghostbusters. They do a female one with um, all these Saturday Night Live comedians who this time happen to be female. Um, good director, good writers in there, and everybody complains. And so now we're getting a trailer for a Ghostbusters movie which looks like it doesn't have any jokes in it <laughs> and has kids in it and is a what like a coming of age drama or something like i just don't understand well let's let's be uh let's go back to the original ghostbusters trailer there was no jokes in the original trailer it was promoted as a horror film oh i have not seen that yeah it's weird like they they cut out almost all the humor from the original ghostbusters trailer but nobody knew how to make trailers until Phantom Menace is the like beginning <laughs> of the modern trailer. I would argue that people yes. still don't know how to make trailers. Mm. No, I I do agree with that. It's also the fact that I just say I miss that there is no. Here's the other thing about franchises is that it's easier to market an existing franchise than it is to market a brand new fan franchise. I mean, you got to remember the the MCU is just over a decade old and. Iron Man was, at the time, considered to be a thing that nobody wanted. Comic book people were going, why are you doing an Iron Man movie? It's Iron Man. No one gives a shit about Iron Man. No, exactly. And that's almost the downfall of Marvel. Marvel itself doesn't rely on these characters to sell it. They rely on the fact that it's an MCU to sell their movies. So they introduce Mm. new characters, but it's not... It's an easy sell because nobody gives a shit necessarily about like the character. They just give a shit more about that it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I think they've, I'm quite impressed with what they've done in the sense that they have taken... Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you agree. Iron Man wasn't a household name for a lot of people no, until the no, movies. No. And then the fact that they take a gamble and go, we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy... Uh, and then give that such a unique vision and people had no idea what that was and the idea that Iron Man was suddenly going to exist in this same thing as a space raccoon uh, but they made it all work and then they, they made people give a shit yeah yeah. back in 2014 when Guardians came out I even said like if they can sell a space raccoon and a talking tree they can practically do anything and even in the back of my mind I'm thinking oh, we might finally get a Doctor Strange movie. We might get some of these weird esoteric Marvel characters. And look at the fact that they've able to give us a place where Spider-Man feels like a realistic yeah. high schooler. I mean, I'm saying realistic with yeah. grain of salt, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, like, he lives in it. We go, okay, he's a high schooler. He lives with his aunt and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But at the same time, he's also on a Pegasus in space. <laughs> so... Yeah, great. Mm. You got the cake, and you're eating it, and there'll be another ten cakes coming. Yeah. yeah. Well, not this year. <laughs> I must admit, no. uh, as much as I really did, I'm missing like you know being able to watch Slight Blackware on that. I'm kind of glad for the break, as well. Mm. But you can have a break whenever you want, anyway. Like no one's forcing anybody to to do stuff. No, if it's that, we gotta consume it. No, if it's that, you gotta no, you gotta the, do it. The break gave us the opportunity to watch New Mutants, and I appreciate for that. It's pretty good. I, I enjoyed like that movie. I really. I liked it as well. Yeah. People were shitting on that movie. I'm like, okay, I was I was skeptical because I knew some of the background stuff, and then it's just like. Wow, this movie's really solid. I don't know why people are complaining about it. Yeah, it came together a lot better than yeah. I given all the research and the development help. And Anya Taylor Joy is just a joy. Oh, perfect. 
as magic. Oh, the entire cast are cool. <laughs> I think her performance was magical. <laughs> <laughs> so, should, we're getting off on tangents. Should we wrap it up with uh, fucking oh, Robocop no. 2014? Oh, no. Insert the drop here. Yeah. Alex, how do you feel? I feel fine, Dr. Norton. I didn't even I didn't even watch this minute, so yeah, go for it. Well, have you, you didn't watch the other two minutes, so it's exactly the same as the other two minutes. Yeah, you're not missing much. It's so, uh, yeah, Murphy's just like, what you say? And ends with, oh, we're about to close the deal when someone tipped him off. And, yeah, it's just, this is very much every cliche, cheesy, criminal underworld scene. Yeah. And it's just... So far, this whole movie has been kind of condescending. Like, it really does feel like it's aimed at kids. Like, this is what bad guys do. And it's... So my one-line <laughs> note is Murphy continuing being a really terrible cop. That's yep. pretty much yep, the basically. movie. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. is like, this is a guy who is breaking all the rules, isn't acting ethically, he's reckless, and... For the original Murphy, we didn't really know what he was like as a cop, but yeah, I'm wondering, are they trying to make this contrast of, he was kind of reckless, he was kind of on edge, and now they're going to control him, and he's just going to be this perfect machine. Except the movie doesn't do that. I know, they set things up, but then they uh, just forget about it and move on to the next thing. Do you think that, because we didn't know about Murphy, do you think that um, he used to go around calling people creep? Or that they programmed that in? Mm, that question. technically was the moment when he was still in full OCP mode. So I guess that, yeah, boardroom just, like, mm, here's some for some phrases that we've worked out. I don't know. P- take your pick. Yeah, Cretan. Did, he cre- did repeat the dead alive, you're coming with me part. But that feels copish. That's cowboyish. That's very John Wayne, yeah. Maybe the creep line was, was from TJ Laser. That was a thing TJ Blazer oh, used to say a yeah, lot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The spinning yeah, line, the spinning gun goes, your move, creep. Yeah, yeah, there you I go. I should legally change my name to TJ Laser. That oh, is... I forgot about <laughs> TJ Laser. Ah, uh, oh, God, yeah. God, where's the TJ Laser movie? Jesus, come on. Yeah, guys, get on it. It was starring TJ Hooker. How's that for a Star Trek cut? Yes, I got one in there! Well, shit. That's exactly what I was hoping to spare you from. Except it's William Shatner. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, sorry, I'm just, I'm very young. I it took me a minute. <laughs> oh, TJ Hooker with William Shatner. Uh, it's probably not held up very well. So it's like the real estate company? I don't know. LJ Hooker. Yep, there we go. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that fucking advert. Yeah, deep cut and very local. <laughs> Just per things. Yeah, quick tangent. Looking up, looking up eighties local adverts on YouTube, uh, Australian adverts especially. Yes, we were doing that. Oh, so much fun. So, so cringe. I'm related to half the fucking people in these eighties Perth commercials. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. So uh, just going quickly back to the Robocop remake. I remember, I remember thinking back in when I was watching this originally. It's like, oh my god, this feels like the um, the scene in. Uh, Batman Begins when Bruce Wayne confronts the mob boss. You know, even cinematically, you got the, the lighting. Oh, the same. yeah. And it's just like, God, rewatching this and going, 
Oh yeah, I forgot they did that. I wonder if they were just like, going, we're inspired by uh, by Nolan and we're going to add this mood lighting. Oh, this is definitely Batman Begins inspired. There's a bit of, yeah, yeah. a bit of that DNA, especially in the costume. Oh yeah, you know, that's probably, that's why they went for Black Rubber. Mm. I, I actually do like this Robocop costume when it's silver. silver. I mean, we'll get yeah. into that in those minutes. Mm. But... No, I agree. Yeah. You can enjoy talking about that in about 10 months. <laughs> By 10 months, be like, why are we still talking about <laughs> this movie? It takes so freaking long for them to just get to fucking Robocop. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite a while away. I feel like <laughs> they should have enhanced that with CGI. So they actually mm. did all of that practically, but yeah. I would have loved to see, you know, make him, you know, make his waist impossibly narrow or just build out his body in a way that just a human being in a costume could never look like that. And that's the biggest problem is it looks like a human being in a costume. It's a cool costume, but it looks like... Add some panels with some pistons or something like Add some um, mechanical-like yeah. overlay just to give it a bit of depth. Mm. Yeah, like in uh, Ex Machina. Not Deus Ex. We haven't mentioned Deus Ex in a few episodes, but Ex Machina. I'm putting that drop in uh, anyway. I never asked for this. I I like the um, cyber... The, the cyborg designs in... Um... Elite Battle Angel, there's some yes. really interesting stuff. Exactly like that, yeah. Um, and Jackie remember. Earl Haley as well. That's oh, yeah. Rorschach, yeah. Oh, he is an absolute monster in that. It's all connected! Yeah. <laughs> I just have to write but, in my uh, little yeah, black book name? that I give it to, um, uh, to Breitbart at the end of the movie. Ah, oh, he was Ajax <laughs> and Deadpool, but it, that guy... It's... it's, it's Scrying. Scrying? Scrying? Skrillex. Skrillex. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's Scrying in Alita. That design, oh my god, that looks mm. amazing. It looks you know, impossible in terms of there are bits cut out. Another movie that before it came out, people were shitting on like crazy, and then as soon as it came out, everyone just went, wow, this is really good. Love it so much. I, I hope all the best for it. Hope it gets sequels and, and all, all that. I thought the sequel there got greenlit. I could be mistaken. I think so. I don't know. COVID, man. Anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, this was... I mean, what what year was Battle Angel released? Uh, 2018? Yeah, so it must have been like... A couple a, of years ago. Yeah, about a decade ago in COVID time. So Yeah, yeah. But it, but it took forever to get off the ground. Yeah, it took a long time. Oh, God, I remember the watching the original manga. Sorry, not manga. The original anime. God, that was a long time ago, and yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I, I do need to get in, get around to watching the uh, live action. Mm. Oh yeah, get on it. It's good. It's good stuff. I love it. Well, I think that about covers it. Unless anyone has any notes, any commentaries, any novelization stuff. <gasps> no, no. <laughs> uh, novelization. No, we pretty much covered it. So it's only like two pages of this entire scene, mm. and disappointing. Yeah, um... We should have a drop where, uh... What's his name? Hercules is like, DISAPPOINTED! We need to put that in our show. Oh! I forgot to do the commentary. Uh, there's a bit in the commentary I forgot to talk about. Um... Oh, well, there we go. Oh, this is very unorthodox. I know. Yeah, I might just highly. I might just cut it and put it in earlier, except I'm that lazy. No, uh, Paul Verhoeven, Verhoeven actually credits his wife for making him go back... Uh, his wife, Martine, I should say. Let's get the name correct right here who forced him to read the script and told him that he was a freaking idiot his oh sorry his words is i was a freaking idiot 
and not seeing yep. what was hidden underneath the surface. So yeah, again, we can credit to Paul Verhoeven's wife, Martine Verhoeven, for actually getting this mad Dutch director on board to make this absolute masterpiece of a movie. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a, he's very picky in what he chooses. Uh, yeah. And this was no Showgirls. He's very choosy about what he picks. No, no, Luke, you need to go back and listen to the old new minute where I talk about all the Paul Verhoeven nudity in his films. All of it. Every all single of it. one. Who are you, Mr. Skin? <laughs> no, I actually use AZ Nude instead. Oh, okay. Oh, no, well, I'm not joking. <laughs> I can't believe we have gotten through all three minutes so quickly so thank you very much thanks luke. for that luke <laughs> yeah <laughs> and where can we find you yeah me uh go to dungeonsanddrongos.com and listen to my bloody australian podcast mate set dungeons and dragons fantasy australia it's really grass eh <laughs> yeah it, it's uh other australian things that i can't think of because i'm still too british it's top yeah. notch mate G- well, G'day, bingo. I think things. Sponsor. Hmm. Sponsor. That's it. Uh, so there was my favorite ones. <laughs> I still love the Pie Mines. Pie Mines is a classic <laughs> original. I think that was like the original story. Episode one. Easy, easy pick for a favorite if you've listened to one episode. Yeah. Was well, that really episode? Wow. Um, and the other one was I think it was. Uh, oh shit! Was it? Pony, Pony Wise, Pony Wise, yeah. So there's a. Oh, okay, yeah. The hell, that was last year's Hall- Halloween special. Hall- yes, Pony Horse- Wise is horseshit about the pony clown that was flushed down the toilet after being <laughs> killed by fat kids at a birthday party. I think my favorite and, character was the the mu- I think that kid's mum who was just always serving uh, food and it was. Just... Yeah, and Pony Wise haunted the the town. <laughs> it was that. That's one of my favorites too. So, yeah, maybe start at the beginning with the the pine mines, or maybe jump ahead to the Halloween special. Uh, by the time you've listened to this, well, well over one hundred and forty, maybe one hundred and fifty episodes. Oh, yeah, there'll be there'll be a few. Yeah, we've done one hundred and forty odd. Uh, so yeah, how long have we been going for? Uh, well, th- we just did our fourth Halloween special, so... Okay, so, because I did... I've been doing Prometheus by Minute for three years now, uh, almost, uh, as of January, be three years, and I've done 118 episodes, so that's in mm. total, it's 108. Mm. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so where can we find you, Connor? You can find me on TraviaanDesigns.com, T-R-A-V-A-A-N, and actually, I forgot to mention the Alien Prequels Facebook page, so you can head on over there, patreon.com slash designs and oh, uh, uh, I forgot to promote Animatronic, which should probably be up soon-ish, where uh, myself and Duncan Shields, who he did the, Tronologically speaking, the Tron Movies by Minute podcast, uh, we're reviewing Tron Uprising, and it's really great. You can find me at Fanboy Crossing, just Googles the YouTubes and all the Bings and Ask Jeeves for Fanboy Crossing, I'm on Facebook, <laughs> I'm on Alta Vista, I'm on uh, NetSpider, Angel Fire, Angel Fire, uh, Geocities, <laughs> and... Uh, Is Life Journal still around? <laughs> I know, I, I know Justice shut, shut down a few years ago, um... No, uh, but yeah, I also do Kung Pao Enter the Minute, uh, where I do a minute by minute review of Kung Pao Enter the Fist and ramble on endlessly and occasionally get people on there to keep my sanity in check. Uh, please like, share, subscribe to this thing. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, uh, 
We have also a YouTube channel where I've got a staggering amount of views for the all new episode and a downvote because I think people are expecting tits on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, until next time, uh, would you uh, like to lead us out? Robocock. <laughs> that was one hell of a pause. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.